Welcome to the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. I'm your host, Phil Ventura, and that was The Burning Spear by Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth is, of course, the incredibly influential rock band. And their story begins, sort of, in 1977, shortly after guitarist 
Thurston Moore moved to New York City. He formed a group with his roommates. Their name became The Coachmen. After the breakup of The Coachmen, Moore began jamming with Stanton Miranda, whose band CKM featured Kim Gordon. Moore and Gordon formed a band under a number of names, Male Bonding, Red Milk, and the Arcadians, before settling on Sonic Youth just before 1981. The name came from combining the nickname of MC5's Fred Sonic Smith with Youth from reggae artist Big Youth. Gordon later recalled that as soon as Thurston came up with the name Sonic Youth, a certain sound that was more of what we wanted to do came about. The band played Noise Fest in June 81 at New York's White Columns Gallery, where Lee Ronaldo was playing as a member of Glenn Branca's Electric Guitar Ensemble. Their performance impressed Moore, who described them as the most ferocious guitar band that I had ever seen in my life, and he invited Ronaldo to join the band. So at that point, it was Moore, Gordon, and Ronaldo. The threesome played three songs at the festival later in the week without a drummer. Each band member took turns playing the drums until they met drummer Richard Edson. Glenn Branca then signed Sonic Youth as the first act on his record label, Neutral Records. In December 81, the group recorded five songs in a studio in New York's Radio City Music Hall. The material was later released as the Sonic Youth EP in 1982. This EP differs a little bit from the other work that they did in the early 80s in that uh, there was a greater incorporation of clean guitars, standard tuning, crisp production, and a pretty clear post-punk style. So it was less experimental than what they would go on to do before settling into their more commercial sound in the 90s. I think it's a really cool EP, and I want to play some more tracks from that for you, beginning with my personal favorite, I Dreamed I Dream. Thank you. 
was an untitled track by Sonic Youth from the Noise Fest compilation. Before that, a couple tracks from their Sonic Youth EP, including The Good and the Bad, I Don't Want to Push It, and I Dreamed I Dream. If you haven't read Kim Gordon's memoir, Girl in a Band, I really encourage you to do so. It's very interesting, very entertaining. There's a ton of great stories and information about the New York art and music scene of the late 70s, early 80s. If you're into that, like I very obviously am, um, but also like a ton about, you know, the alternative rock scene of the 90s and just a lot of interesting characters that came about from all those contexts. Also, I wouldn't normally recommend this, but the audiobook is um, read by Kim Gordon and she has a very specific voice which you'll be familiar with if you listen to sonic youth at all um and it's really enjoyable to listen to her tell the story she has a deadpan delivery that sounds well there's like a similar like lack of emotion whether she's talking about art or someone she clearly hates uh so very entertaining listen so we're gonna move on now to Donald Jean Don Fleming, an American musician and producer who would go on to produce Sonic Youth, Teenage Fan Club, and Hole. He started working in bands in the late 70s after the dissolution of his band Citizen 23 in 81. He and Mark Mayers of Citizen 23 relocated to Washington, D.C and formed the three-piece psychedelic post-punk band The Velvet Monkeys. The lineup featured Fleming on guitar and vocals and a drum machine called Dr. Rhythm. They would go through many incarnations over the next 10 years, um, including one that included Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, um, but Fleming was the constant factor in all of the versions of the band. In July of 1982, they released their debut, Everything is Right, on cassette tape. It has since been remastered and reissued, thank goodness. Um, And I'm going to play a number of tracks from that album today. Very fun album. And we're going to start with title track, Everything is Right. Out of bounds 
which are good for us. Everything is right. Everything is right. Everything is right. Everything's coming up. Roses tonight.
That was The Creeper by the Velvet Monkeys. Before that, Shadowbox, Drive-In, and Everything is Right. Now, Don Fleming of the Velvet Monkeys didn't just collaborate with Thurston Moore through the Velvet Monkeys, but also through the band Coachman. He appeared on Moore's project Foot and worked with him on the Walter Sears. Meanwhile, he was producing an insane amount of people. Everyone from the Posies, Alice Cooper, Andrew W.K., Joan Jett, Nancy Sinatra, Richard Hell. I mean, a crazy range of artists, actually. A lot of cool projects. I want to play for you a few more tracks from the Velvet Monkeys album, Everything is Right, beginning with Any Day Now.
tuning your guitar in order for you to play with this record we must tune your guitar to ours we will start with the first string pick all strings open open open
I am now deeply and completely relaxed. This deep relaxation is good for me. I will do it often. Each time I do it, I will be able to relax more and more. This deep relaxation gives me complete control over my body and my mind. And I can now accomplish anything that I desire. That was Favorite Day by the Velvet Monkeys. Before that, See You Again, Velvet Monkeys, and Any Day Now. If you're just joining us, this is the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. And this is the part of the program where I talk to you about your precious money. As someone who lives in San Francisco, I know how precious it is. But let's say you have a little extra, just any little bit, and you like what you hear on BFF.FM, perhaps on this show, perhaps on another show, and you want to help us stay open because we're a local nonprofit radio station with volunteer DJs. Well, there's a couple different ways you can help out. You can just go to BFF.FM slash donate and give any amount you want. Anything is helpful. I can promise you that. You can donate to a particular program that you like, like the 1982 show, or just, you know, give to the station in general. But right now we have something called a summer sustainer. So it's kind of a different way for you to help us out. And there are perks. But basically you pledge a monthly donation of $10 or more. And you'll get things like pins, t-shirts, tote bags, I've seen the t-shirt and it's really fucking cute and I want it. Um, so check that out. And then you get kind of info on ticket giveaways, upcoming shows, and you get an invite to our bestie bash. You become our bestie. I forgot to mention, you should go to bff.fm slash besties if you want to do this whole pledge thing. But you get invited to a new concert series uh, curated by us with Father Daughter Records and Take Care Tapes. It happens here in our studio monthly, uh, starting in August. So pretty neat stuff. Consider donating if you want some of that fun stuff or just you're like the kind of wonderful person who wants to support us. Moving on back to the music, and we are returning to New York City to talk about indie filmmakers Scott B. and Beth B. They were well-known New York no-wave underground filmmakers of the late 1970s and early 80s. So, if you're not familiar with no-wave, it was definitely a music style. A lot of atonal sounds, kind of like punk, but more difficult to listen to. (laughs) Um, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks is a super famous no-wave band. Brian Eno released a no-wave compilation. That's a great place to start if you want to check it out. I've played some um, no-wave music on here on previous episodes. 
So they were related to that music movement, but they were making short films. So it was like a no-budget style of underground punk filmmaking, and they were really into simulation, typical of postmodernism. Um, so she was, Beth B was studying at the School of Visual Arts and Scott B was a sculptor. They married and became associated with collaborative projects and worked out of the East Village uh, in conjunction with a lot of performance artists and noise musicians. Their films were called Noisy, Scruffy, Scruffy and Deeply Personal. They were like super eight millimeter films. They combined violent themes and darkly sinister images to explore the manner in which the individual is constrained by society. So these were some rebellious people. Um, they were all about terror politics, torture, sexual domination and submission, and punk rock music. In 1982, they formed the independent film production company B-Movies, and released the feature film Vortex, which starred Lydia Lunch. Um, I've played music by her before on this program. Huge fan of Lydia Lunch. So they also created the soundtrack to this film um, in collaboration with a number of people from the New York scene, including Lydia Lunch and including Richard Edson, then of Sonic Youth. So I wanna play some tracks from this soundtrack, I think it's pretty cool. There's a wide range of musical styles featured on it. So this, to begin, is Black Box Disco from the Vortex soundtrack by Scott B. and Beth B.
On the right is a model satellite equipped with a beam field weapon, or BFW. The BFW is both an offensive and defensive weapon. The model on the left is an enemy satellite. The BFW projects a field to deflect any hostile missiles. The enemy satellite will attack the BFW with a laser beam. That was Angel's Theme by Scott B. and Beth B. Before that, The Demo, Demer's Theme, The Chase, and Black Box Disco, all from the Vortex motion picture soundtrack. Now, a little information about Vortex. 
It was shot in 16mm and made for $70,000 thanks to the National Endowment for the Arts. It is a film noirish drama featuring Lydia Lunch as a detective who becomes immersed in corporate chicanery and the exploitation of politicians by companies soliciting defense contracts. It is considered the last no-way film ever made, and after it, the bees ended their partnership. The soundtrack is released, just like Sonic Youth's EP, on Glenn Branca's Neutral Records label. I want to play some more tracks from the soundtrack for you, beginning with The Roof. Close my eyes. Stuck there. The 
Once in a Lifetime by Scott B. and Beth B. Before that, main theme, Tony and Powers, Sleaze, Grey Death, and The Roof, all from the Vortex motion picture soundtrack. We're moving on to another set of artists on Neutral Records, Y Pants. Y Pants were an all-female no-wave band from New York City, Active from 79 to 82, the trio made up of photographer-musician Barbara S., visual artist Virginia Pierceau, and filmmaker Gail Vachon developed a unique sound via their acoustic toy instrumentation of toy piano, ukulele, and a paper-headed Mickey Mouse drum kit, augmented by electric bass guitar, Casio keyboards, and various low-tech effects. Their feminist poetics and toy instrumentation made them a hit in Manhattan's art gallery scene, while their no-wave clout brought them to be regulars at CBGB's. In 1980, Glenn Branca recorded their debut four-song EP. He followed that up two years later in 82 with their LP. It is called Beat It Down. And I would like to play some tracks from that for you. I think it's a really cool record. And this is yet another band that I really wish had put out more work. But this is what we've got. So let's enjoy it. Beginning with The Code of Life. Thank you. 
That was That's the Way Boys Are by Y Pants. Before that, Barbara's song, Obvious, and The Code of Life. Barbara's song was a reworking of Bertolt Brecht's Barbara song from the Three Penny Opera, and Obvious was written by novelist and critic Lynn Tillman. Y Pants disbanded shortly after the release of their album Beat It Down, reportedly reuniting each year on the various band members' birthdays. So really, we just have an EP, an LP, and some random detritus 
Luckily, there's more of this LP, which I'd like to play for you now, beginning with title track, Beat It Down.
That was Lulu by Y Pants. Before that, What Do You Take Me For? and Beat It Down. We're nearing the end of our program, and so I want to thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. I've been your host, Phil Ventura. You can find me on Twitter at PhilVentura82. I post cool videos sometimes that are related to the program. Um, also, I'll follow you. I'll follow anyone, you know? I don't care. Um, and you can give me your feedback. I'm totally open to it. I hope you can join us next week. It's going to be an interesting episode for the open-minded. A bunch of artists who went in their own directions, including Darudi Column, Virginia Astley, and Eilis in Gaza. Before we leave, I have a couple more tracks I want to play for you. Sometimes my research takes me in odd directions. So these are a couple tracks by bands who included collaborators that were on Beth B and Scott B's album Vortex. So the first is Chinese rap by Oral Exciters. Oral Exciters included Adele Berti. She wrote a number of tracks on the Vortex soundtrack. And Chinese rap is a song that might not go over so well in 2018 if it were released now. And the song after that is Conk Party by Conk. It is an absolute jam. Super awesome. Great video. Check it out on YouTube. Um, I hope you enjoy these fun tracks to end the show, beginning with Chinese Rap by Oral Exciters and ending with Conk Party by Conk.
37 West Connie Street. Yeah, you know where I live. You want a thumbprint, yeah? Yeah, I want it all. Roll me up, pork or egg roll for you, and a fried chicken, and a smoked chicken fried rice, and yeah. a thumbprint. Yeah, baby. Come on. 
sale 